Great morning. You're listening to the podcast, She Who Believes, and I am your host, Vivian Bell, and I am indeed She Who Believes. Well, the title of today's podcast is On the Run, On the Run. I'm jumping right in. I love this word. It is Matthews 2, 3 through 12, and I'll be reading from the King James Version today. And it reads as follows. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And though Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not least among the priests of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. On the run. <laughs> Many of us know the story that when Jesus was um, born, his parents were basically on the run. They were, one, they couldn't find a place to, to, um, to, to live, to stay while mom was giving birth, but that was all a part of God's plan for him to be born in the manger for him to be born where lambs are born, out in a field, in a manger, um, with other uh, things surrounding him, right? And it seems like, man, that was some dirty, um, very horrible birth. But some of us have gone through some dirty, very horrible things in our lives. But it is time for us to put some things on the run. We have been running long enough. We've ran from our dysfunctions, um, thinking that there is something so terribly and horribly wrong with us, when in actuality, if we would be still for just a few moments and actually we take the time to um, dig out and unpack all of the things, the traumas that caused the dysfunctions, we will find God's greatest purpose for us. These wise men who went to look for Jesus, they went with a, an intention in their heart to worship, to praise him. They believed what the prophet had said, but they had been misguided. The um, and, and what I mean by misguided, like the star didn't guide them wrong and God didn't guide them wrong, but the words that were given to them by the king were not words of truth. Because if we read the other part of this, this story, um, he was seeking Jesus to kill him because he feared losing his kingdom, not understanding who Jesus was and is, and that nothing and no one can stop the purpose of God. 
So that right there alone will preach. Nothing and no one can stop the purpose of God. Um, That continues to be a reminder for me over and over again lately um, that no one can stop what God has planned for our lives, right? Sometimes if we're not careful, we can get uh, agitated, frustrated. We get frustrated by time forgetting that God has appointed a time for us. So even though it looks like this time is the perfect timing for something, if it does not happen, we've got to trust that God's timing is appointed, right? Just like this prophet went ahead and was able to prophesy about the the life of Jesus and the salvation that he would bring to his people, God appointed a time for that. There's an appointed time for you, an appointed time One of the things also that I love about this story that I didn't really see as a young girl as we performed skits and plays about Jesus and the wise men coming. These men came and worshipped him in infant form. Right? Because they trusted God so much. Oh God, I thank you. That even in infant form, they knew that Jesus was Jesus and they were going to worship him. I'm going to encourage you today to worship God while your business is an in infant form, while your marriage is an in infant form, while your children are an in infant form, whether it be the actual infants or they are an in infant form in their minds, in their um, the way that they're living their lives for God or not living their lives for God. Can you bless them? Can you bow down and worship God? Can you praise him through a season where you might not know? how it's going to end or what the other side actually looks like for you. But Lord, I got a word from you. Lord, the prophet has said, so I'm going to hold tight to that word and I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Will you worship him? The next thing I saw was um, trust fund is what came to me. So, so often people, um, this is a, a something that is misconstrued often by the church, by Christians, by even those outside of the church, because I've seen people um, verbally attempt to crucify pastors and people, men and women of God who have lucrative careers outside of ministry or who are blessed to have uh, a ministry that pays them well or their gift makes room for them. They look at it as though like if you're working for God, you should be broke because Jesus was broke. He walked everywhere. Well, everybody walked everywhere during Jesus time, first of all. But second of all, he was not broke. Jesus was not broke. He is not broke. So we as children of God, it is okay for us to have finances it's just not okay for the finances to have us it is also real good for us to establish some generational wealth like when I got the concept of that and got free from that I started to believe God even more for the dreams and visions that he's given to me and that scripture that says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and I thought that's me And yes, it says man, but we also have to look at how in the Bible roles were different um, for men and women. It doesn't mean women can't work. Women did work. Um, Let's go to Proverbs 31 and talk about how that woman did so many things um, that she was honored at the gate where her husband sat, right? So 
It's not saying that like we can't work or that women can't do what they do. But when it says man, back in the Bible time, men that the, they're in society, they didn't really recognize women the way that they do now, right? We still have a fight ahead of us, but it's it's a whole lot better than it was in Bible time. But also too in the Bible where it talks about sons of God, it's not excluding women. I will be called the son of God because sons of God are blessed. And that meant that if you were a son, you got an inheritance and all of those things, right? So when it says a man leaves, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children and his children, children, children's children. And I understood that it was okay for me to be blessed financially and not just spiritually and not just in joy and peace and love and in gifts and things of that sort. And that it's it's good for me to leave my children in inheritance. Man, I just started to believe God even more for every dream, for every journal, for every book, for every podcast, for everything that he will, that he, he has entrusted to my hands. Because if he trusts me enough to do it, I'm going to trust him enough to run with it because that means that as I'm running, even if I can't see the ground, I'm running on the word of God. So that means the ground itself has to rise up to catch my feet so that I can complete the mission. Amen. Okay. And so it says when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh and if you've done any research if you haven't you're gonna have to take my word today but of course we know that gold is valuable but frankincense and myrrh that was the money makers as well so he did not come into this world broke and even if you did doesn't mean you have to leave that way nor does it mean as my mama says that you have to walk around looking like you are um, she reminded me of that once i was going through some things uh soon to be at that time a divorced single mom and just kind of dealing with some things and my mama showed up and she was like ma'am get up put some shoes on we're going to the mall and I was like ma'am she was like listen honey just because you broke don't mean everybody has to know it you don't have to look like it oh just because you're going through doesn't mean you have to look like it be a reflection of God in a way of that though you may walk through something, she wasn't saying pretend. She's just saying, don't get accustomed to looking like how you feel or looking like how your situation or your current situation appears to be because all both of those things can and will change. So on the run, we're putting some things on the run. We've been shifting, right? This podcast has shifted and I absolutely apologize to y'all for being late for the podcast this morning. I will make no um, excuses for why the podcast is late this morning. We just are, but we thank you guys for still listening and um, for staying faithful to the podcast. Not because I don't respect your time that I was late this morning. There are just um, some other things that took place today, Um, but nothing horrible, nothing bad, nothing um, wrong. There was not a technological issue this morning, and I declare there won't be today, Um, but I do apologize for that. But know that Um, I do respect your time. I appreciate you guys for just coming along with me. You've come with me on this shift. This shift has been crazy. When I tell you guys, like I was an expectation of God. I have been an expectation of God. This podcast is absolute proof of my expectation of God. This five years of podcasting is absolute proof of it because God spoke to me. I got up one morning and decided, found this, um, this app and started to record the words that God gave me and wasn't sure that it would last longer than five days or five weeks or five months. But as if he keeps speaking, I'm going to keep speaking what he said to me and I'm going to speak what he says until I see what he says. That has been my motto for a minute now. 
because God let me know. He says, hey, if you have my word, you have me. And so anyway, he gave me the word about the shift. And when I tell y'all, he's done exactly that. He shifted the inside of me, my thoughts, my my visions, my faith yet the more. Um, he shifted things in my family. Um, he is just shifting and the shift is still shifting. <laughs> so don't miss out on it. Don't miss out on uh, saying yes to God in this season because you don't know how a little yes to God will turn into something so big that it is greater than what you can ask, think, or imagine, or that you can even hold in your hands. Because this girl's been preparing for the abundance for some time. But what God has brought about, since I said yes to him about a shift and then giving the shift away, initially, the initial shift, it was like he downloaded this. Then it was like, yep, you're going to give this away. And it was like, okay. And almost 200 people were blessed initially by this shift, the giving away of the shift. And that in and of itself can shift you, the giving, right? Because this is what I believe happened. These men obeyed God, even though the king thought he was going to continue to deceive them and utilize them to, um, give him access to Jesus and to his plan and the plot that he had set. Because they obeyed God, the Lord was able to come and speak to them through a dream and they shifted on the word of God. They didn't fear the king. They they shifted on the word of God and they might have feared a little bit because it says they went another way, but they went the way that God conducted or told them to go or ordered for them to go. And so God will shift you at the point of a yes. Yes, Lord. Just yes. Oh, honey, you don't have to know how it's going to happen. I promise you. I say yes to God every day. And I have said yes to God for some time now about so many things that I don't have a clue how he's going to do them. And there have even been times where I've been like, okay, Jesus, did I hear you wrong? But I want to encourage you today to not allow yourself to um, get to that place. But even if you do come back quickly, um, Ask God to prove it to you if, if that confusion shows up because God is not the author of confusion. And so if you stand still and you seek him and say, Lord, I, I just need some clarity, baby, he'll give it to you. I promise he'll give it to you and he'll give it to you so good that you'll rec- you'll be able to discern truth from a lie. He said that um, his children know his voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So that scripture, Revelation, he talked about... Um, and revelation means he reveals himself like God gives you, or he reveals something to you. So he said they know his voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. He didn't say his voice will be the only voice, but he says they know my voice. How do we know his voice? Because we, we seek his face. We are in his presence. We are studying his word. We are praying and communing and we're building this relationship with him. And so in the times when there are no other voices, we are, we become certain about the voice of God, right? How he speaks on the inside of us. And some of us have been blessed to hear him audibly, but when he speaks, we know it's him. And even when the stranger comes, the enemy and brings confusion, he says, they know my voice and the voice of a stranger. They will not follow, meaning the enemy's going to speak too, but they're not going to follow him. Because even if we just got to stand still till that other voice leaves and no longer speaks, we know God's voice and we are not going to be moved by anything else. We're going to put that other voice on the run. I want to encourage you as we walk 
through the end of this year, we're moving into Christmas and we're getting ready to walk into the abundant year of 2024, that you put some things on the run, that you shift, that you change your mindset, the way you think, your attitude towards things and people and all of those things. And allow God to help you be resilient in this season. Resilient that no matter what the stranger says, that you're determined to stay the path of God. That you are determined to put the enemy on the run. That is truly my mission. To be honest with you, when I heard those words in my spirit, I'm like, yep, that's that's perfectly explains on the run what I'm doing to the enemy. He's going on the run because he cannot have my children my marriage, my, he cannot have my, my anything that God has assigned to my life. He's going to be on the run. I will keep it that way. He going to be running. The Bible says the enemy will come at you one way, but he'll flee seven. So grab you some friends and shift, grab you some, some prayer partners and shift, but grab you some yes down in your soul and tell God yes. And let everything else get put on the run while God shifts you and makes you into the men and women of God that he's called you to be. And yes, I said men, because we do have some men listeners. So anyways, you have listened to the podcast, She Who Believes. I am your host, Vivian Bell, and I am indeed She Who Believes. Well, until next time, have a blessed and wonderful week, and God bless you.